0: Welcome to episode 77 of the Enterprise Excellence podcast. This is the first bonus episode of five in total. We're dedicating the series to sustaining and achieving an Enterprise Excellence journey and transformation. These five short daily episodes are part of our Enterprise Excellence Academy and community launch. It's so exciting. The Academy and community are dedicated to educating and helping organisations sustain and achieve an excellent journey to create a better future. Our first community meeting is on... The 21st of April in
1: 2022.
0: It's so cool. We've got Dr Morgan Jones as our world expert. He'll be presenting on how to measure, audit and sustain a change journey. He co-authored the book, Why Bother? with Chris Butterworth and we're so pleased to have him with us for our first meeting. The second hour of every community meeting will be focused on helping one another overcome challenges in our own journeys. Our purpose for the community is to learn from our world's experts each month and help one another sustain energy and direction. We're running a competition for our listeners and clients during the month of March where you can go into the draw to win a place on one of our Agile certified training courses. You could choose either the combined Product Owner and Scrum Master Course or the Agile Scrum at Scale Course. We'll be drawing the winner at the end of March. To enter, just reach out to us. Reach out to Brad on LinkedIn or email him at bjevons at iqi.com.au. Or you can also go to our website the enterpriseexcellenceacademy.com and contact us. Just reach out and we'll pop you into the prize draw. At the end of March we'll draw it and let the lucky winner know. Good luck everyone.
1: You know we're so excited to have this uh, community and academy launch that's hopefully going to help a lot of organisations create a better future.
0: Yeah. Um, just before we get started Brad I know there's a lot of heartache in the world at the moment.
1: For anyone out there you know whether it's COVID related that you've got challenges or the flooding that's happening on the east coast of Australia at the minute or whether you're in the Ukraine right now or whatever you're facing I guess I just want to say look I'm I I feel for you and I think thinking of you and you know we just hope that if you're having a tough time that there's an easier time to come soon
0: yeah hearts are really going out to all of you
1: it makes it tough talking on a topic of enterprise excellence and business improvement but it's it's what, I guess, you and I, Emily, have got to help others with, and so yep. that's why we're doing it. Help Hopefully. your organization achieve more outcomes, and this is a really important topic because it's, it's basically most transformation journeys fail. Yeah, and, and I've so, heard
0: it's over 70%. Yes. Yeah. It's just massive. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so why do you think so many fail?
1: I was, I was researching it, and of course, there's been heaps of recent studies on the topic, and I found one back at, in the early 1990s with Harvard, where they were studying. And funny enough, back then, they were looking at mainly it was total quality management journeys, which was a precursor for Lean, why most of them fail. You know, they were talking over 70% and there's -hmm. famous studies from McKinsey's and many others. And really, it comes back to people resistance. You know, when when you look at the stats, no matter what study you look at, it's either resistance from leadership or resistance from frontline employees. And they're the two the two main factors that come into play and it's um it's
0: not easy to change a habit
1: no not easy to change a habit (laughs) but there's there's many factors that play out that cause humans to resist Mm -hmm. you know and i guess there's two parts i guess we can explore today we can explore the leadership part of why leaders resist and then we can explore the um team member part as to why team members resist
0: yeah Okay. What do you want to start with? you want to start with the front line, why they might resist? Yeah,
1: we might. That'd be good. Okay. And everyone, this may overlap because we're doing a five-part series and there'll be some interconnectivity between all five, but hopefully that delivers delivers some good outcomes and knowledge for you. <laughs> if you look at the frontline employee, with everything that I've studied and been involved in myself, it often comes back to how much we're involved or not involved as a human with it, like if you look particularly in Australia, Australia is a country where we do not accept the high level of power distance. Mm-hmm. So what that means in Australia is that we do not accept leaders having a lot more power than us at the front line and, we do, and that can lead to us not just following commands verbatim. You know, a lot of Australians won't and many countries are like this where we won't accept a lot of power distance, you mm-hmm. know. England's in that mix, even though they still have the monarchy, which Australia's still connected under, mm-hmm. which I'm not knocking the monarchy. And then you've got um, a lot of the Scandinavian countries um, like Finland and Sweden. And then you've also got, you know, America to a lesser degree, um, but still in that bracket of having not accepting high, high power difference. And so when you've got that, if you don't involve people and really engage with them and help them put their own element into it, it just won't work. People will resist it. There'll be a portion of people that do adopt early and they'll just go with it but there'll be many that don't. And often it comes down to whether someone's sitting there thinking is this a new fad that's getting just shoved down our throat or is this just the latest thing that's going to go away soon? But also people are often thinking, you know, what's in it for me? you know what and if you don't involve people and really think from their position they won't see anything that's in it for them they'll see it as extra work more that i need to do
0: so people on the front front line um sort of want to know what benefit any change will bring them personally or for their for their work
1: i think it depends on the country again but in australia there's also in our culture there's a high level of self-interest in our culture, which is unusual, you know, when you think of our history, but it's a lot of studies are showing that right now. So there is a big part of it, what's in it for them. Mm -hmm. But there's also to, there is, depending on your culture, there will be more altruistic elements that people will buy into also bigger purpose to things. Mm -hmm. But ultimately it's all comes down to how you go about it. Really, whether someone feels like they're getting railroaded and pushed down a path, or whether they feel like they're involved and that there's something in it for them
0: mm. so a lot of it comes back to how the leader maybe presents the change or um, talks about the why the need for a change perhaps with the that yeah, team
1: That's part of it yeah and you get the like the change management work from John Cotter where he talks about the burning platform you know his eight steps change process and you know that plays a part but I think that's short lived because a burning platform's only prevalent while it's burning mm. and it can help you shift, but it, does it really help you sustain longer term? I think a meaningful platform that your people buy into is powerful, but really, you know, and a lot of companies do, they do have that bigger purpose and that bigger drive, but you do get companies where there's traditionally no real purpose apart from do the work, make the money. Mm. And those organizations are more difficult to shift Because people can see someone coming down there with this altruistic purpose as, what on earth are you talking about? You know, you've never said that before. What on earth are you carrying on about this purpose right now? I think the secret in countries like Australia and others that don't accept power distance and are quite individualistic is to work with people and help them put things into their own words, into their own language. So when an example of that is when you've got a purpose that might be um, to help the environment, and so you're driven to really help the world become better and create a better environment.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: might have a frontline factory worker or warehouse worker or a salesperson, and they might be thinking, "How on earth do I help with that?" Mm-hmm. A leader, if they're effective at sitting with people and actually going, "Okay, so this is what it means to us," and tell some stories and really engage with it but then they allow the employees to come up with what it means for them. What's it look like for you here in the factory? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Well, we do use a lot of chemicals and have a lot of waste and we do have a lot of energy we use. Okay, so maybe for us it's it's all focused on optimizing the amount of waste we have and the energy. That's our driver for it. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. So I call that cascading purpose cascading even your program so let's just talk like now you want to roll out an improvement program you want to roll out agile or lean or six sigma i think again it's going starting with purpose like you mentioned em and starting with goals and understanding the challenges or helping the team understand their challenges towards the goal and i call that it's really around that strategy and cultural deployment bit Mm -hmm. but then when it comes to rolling out the program it's more engaging the employees going okay so what help do you need you know to to live your purpose and head towards that future vision and goal that you guys have come up with with through consultation and working with your leadership what's your biggest challenge Mm -hmm. our biggest challenge is we just can't find the tools or we can't just find the inventory we need when we need it and that's stopping us being able to produce quickly, but it's also leading to a lot of waste because we're getting a lot of damages in product. Okay, well, there's, there's this a, element of our excellence journey that might be able to help.
0: Yeah, and it's then sort of up to the um, leader to fix that problem Yeah. for their team.
1: Yeah. In a funny way, the tools and techniques of an excellence journey come last in a way.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: If you haven't got the foundation of, deploying down what strategy means, yeah. and purpose and goals and vision for them and help them come up with it for themselves and even culture, where you might be looking at, okay, so what? what is our culture? Here's some stories around it from the executive and management level. Okay, well, what does this look like for you? What sort of workplace do you want to work in? How do you want to treat each other? That links to that and you define like a team charter. Well, those foundational elements of strategy and cultural deployment that gives you such a baseline to then be able to
0: mm-hmm. bring in
1: the right tools and techniques yeah. that you need when you need them. Yeah. <clears throat> but most people lead with the tools and techniques. Yeah, it's a yeah.
0: disservice to their people.
1: Yeah, it goes the wrong way. <laughs> not Because that, that's where the motivator comes from, isn't yeah, it?
0: With their need, yeah. yeah.
1: And if I look at the, the great authors that I really love who get to the heart of things, like Mike Rother when he wrote about Toyota Carter, Help every person and team come up with their goals. I've got it here. Help every person and team come up with their meaningful goals, longer term, and then help everyone set their shorter term goals, meaningful goals, say in the next month or two, head towards that, improve, and then set the next short term target. You know, so it's more of a, a rhythm, a system to help people really own their journey and engage and move forward themselves. And then you look at um, the goal, Eli goal, Goldratt, right? yeah. which is basically the same thing, only instead of looking at that short-term target as a measure, you, you, you still have a measure, a short-term measure, but it's what's your constraint now? And then you talk Agile, it's the same thing. Agile is what's, your, what's the company or the bigger vision and goals we're chasing for our customers and for ourselves? Okay, well what's that mean to the team? What's the team's longer term vision and goals and purpose behind it? And then what's the short term target and vision, meaningful goals they're gonna to sprint towards?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's all the same thing. The, mm-hmm. the The team will draw in the tools they need then, or you know, specialists can support them. But if you don't have that foundation, and you're just trying to deploy 5S, or you're just trying to deploy to Mac, or whatever you're trying to do, I don't think it's got much of a chance of succeeding. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, so really you're sort of saying a holistic look at starting with your purpose, really cascading it to the front line, bringing the whole company together in that higher purpose and how they're going to achieve it and then Mm. breaking it into those small little sprints and how they're going to make those steps. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a nice way to think about it rather
0: than sort of jamming things down people's throats. Okay, let's... Yeah have more of a holistic whole organizational change rather than yeah. yeah
1: i love the analogy of you're helping everyone form up their football field of play at each level you know where the executive have their football field with their visual goals and their and their visual board and their Living field the, of play and game they're going to play and they're trying to sprint their way down the field to achieve their goal yeah, great. and then you get the front line with the same in middle management if you've got it as the same yeah. And and focusing there, I think, really, it plays a big part in forming a culture of continuous improvement. Yeah. And then the tools and other elements look after themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And like some of the challenges mightn't be tools that people are facing. It might be that for a team to move forward towards their goals or enhance their culture, it may be that there's the, the system of onboarding and learning development is broken and we just haven't got the skills and capability. Okay, right, well, let's yes, focus let's there.
0: build a little epic plan to reach and reach towards improvement for that area yeah and then break it down and yeah, yeah.
1: so i think with the frontline employees that's key to engagement particularly in countries like australia like the the whole studies on culture i can't remember the chat that did it we might put in the show notes mm-hmm. so powerful when you look at global cultures and i think anyone looking to do a transformation needs to consider that how they go about it by yeah. Considering that first because culturally, yeah, what suits the culture that you're working in? Yeah, which really plays out for global companies when they're looking to transform So mm-hmm. they got to consider every country they're going into mm-hmm. Which is where like Jeff Sutherland talks about working in more of a pilot approach can really work too, rather than just try to Go carte blanche across the whole thing, you know run a pilot in a particular area and run through that cycle of plan do check act a few times as you go through the journey and help it improve and then move on to the next area, but adapt your approach to that next area. You know, considering it's culture, it may be a different country, considering it's existing culture in the business and what's going on. Yeah, yeah it's cool. It is cool. Yeah. I and mean, there's one other topic I wanna to talk about, and that's that apart from that whole piece of how you engage frontline employees first, The other factor is what you engage them with as you then roll out a change or you talk about a change. And to me, that's where it's important, where organizations need to consider the language and what's their language and their way about it rather than, say, language of other things like Lean or Six Sigma or Agile or Toyota production systems, it seem somewhere else. And I think that's what we're talking about in the next episode.
0: Yeah, let's cover that next episode, Brad. Sounds good. It's creating sort of your own way. Yeah. To make a change yeah so the key takeaway from this episode i think is to start with the culture
1: yeah and help people define it in their own words and what it means to them everyone wants to have a better culture in their team mm. unless they feel their team's just killing it but most don't
0: and we spend a lot of time at work so we want to be able to you know enjoy it and feel respected and
1: yeah, Kicks, have our voice heard. yeah. yeah. kick some goals and improve our culture but often it all sits up in the executive We don't do that cascade bit to get to the front line.
0: Okay. So start with culture and cascade it down. Yeah. (laughs) That's the key takeaway. Cool. Well, thanks, Brad. Thanks for this quick chat on why most transformation journeys fail. Cheers, Em. See ya. Jeff Sutherland often talks about the scene in The Matrix, so Morpheus offers Neuro, a red and blue pill. The red pill went to The Matrix and the blue one to go back to sleep. It's one of Brad and I's favourite movies, by the way, The Matrix, we love it. Um, unfortunately, most organisations and people trained in Agile or Lean Six Sigma take the blue pill and go back to sleep after their training, back to the way things have always been. Jeff and his team have set up the Agile Education Program and Community to help more organisations and people take the red pill and enhance their organisation's culture of continuous improvement and innovation. Jeff sees the community as a key factor and has asked us to set up a similar approach for the Asia-Pacific region. We're running a competition for our listeners where you can win the free certified training course it is really exciting, and we'll be drawing the winners at the end of March. To enter, reach out to Brad on LinkedIn. Email him on bjevins at iqi.com.au. That's i for India, q for Quebec, and i for India.com.au. Or you can go to our website, the Enterprise Excellence Academy.com and contact us. Just reach out to us, and we'll pop you in the draw. We'll draw. competition at the end of march and we'll let the lucky winner know thanks again everyone for listening we really appreciate you bye for now